Welcome to Series 5 of Industry Minds. My name's Owen Woodgate from Tax for Actors. We are over the moon to be sponsoring this series. It really is one of the best yet. So without further ado, enjoy the show. the importance of talking about mental health within the creative arts. My name is Kathy Reid. And I'm Scarlett Maltman. And today we are joined by the lovely Clara Vaughan. How are you? Hi, I'm good, thank you. How thank you? you so much for joining us today. So we always start with a game, okay. which I know you'll be thrilled about. And this is a word association game. So the first thing that comes into your mind. So the first one, ice lollies. Strawberry. Ballet. Oh, point. Australia. Home. Dogs. Cats. Fossey. Amazing. The best. Cabaret. Rumour mill. Self-care. Time out. Holiday. Spain. The environment. Green. And the last one, just for you, supermarket suite. <laughs> Sainsbury's. <laughs> For anyone listening, we both work at Sainsbury's just now during the pandemic. (laughs) So we always start at the very beginning. Can you tell us where it all began for you? How did you get into the art? So I I started dancing when I was five, tap dancing in Bromley. And then we relocated to Australia. So I grew up in Australia doing jazz, tap, cabaret, all of the, all the things Um, And then I went to work at McDonald's and then I auditioned for a job at Warner Brothers Movie World on the Gold Coast and became, that was my first professional job as a dancer and dressing up as Wonder Woman, dressing up as Poison Ivy um, and sometimes Bugs Bunny and sometimes Sylvester the Cat. Um, And I went on to become choreographer, dance captain and head of um, show and entertainment, which was really cool. then I went to Japan and then I thought I was born in London. Um, let's move back to London and um, moved here 15 years ago. Auditioned for Chicago the day after I landed thinking, yeah, of course I'm going to get this. I did not get the job. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and it just kind of went on from there. I didn't, I really enjoyed choreographing, but it wasn't something that I made a decision that I was definitely going to do. Um, It kind of, it slowly went on from performing and then doing the London 2012 Olympics, being a part of the choreographic team and it rolled on from there. So there was never, I mean, even still now, I love performing. So I've never gone, I'm gonna be a choreographer. I'm just sort of, I just wanna be in the industry in sort of any capacity, which I think is something really important to keep that open mind so that you're you're open to 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 do anything if you love this industry then you should love all the compartments I think absolutely yeah, fantastic definitely well we were going to ask you what led into your your choreographing but seeing as you you still kind of want to do both things we chat quite a lot on here about how there's a bit of a stigma about not just picking one path in the industry mm-hmm. and that people seem to think that you can't give 100% to both what are your thoughts on it and why why do you you obviously find choreographing inspiring why why do you why do you do it um 
I love I love creating and I love I love I the moment when you so, so when it starts you, I hear the music and then I, I the more I listen to the music then I start to visualize it and then that moment when it actually comes together on stage is like an unmatched emotion to just be like I thought of this and it was in my garden or it was in my front room and now all of a sudden there's 15 incredible performers doing it better than I ever ever thought possible so it yeah it, it it's that that moment and that that freedom and that creativity of um yeah creating something and watching it on somebody else and what watching them enjoy it and watching the the movement that you've created that freedom it's a wonderful moment I mean of course there's always the, mo the moments where you're like it didn't look like that in my head it meant, it's meant to look <laughs> then you just have to try again but that's also great as well that kind of doing it on the fly when something doesn't look right and I I really trust my gut because you could just go oh, it's only eight counts but I, I can't do that I can't just go oh we'll just leave those eight counts it's like no come on you can do better than that you, 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 you can you've got more be more clever come on come up with something else amazing I, I I wish I had the brain to like do what you do like I honestly I'm always in complete awe like it's incredible it's so incredible something that I know that you're passionate about is kind of breaking the stigma on pigeonholing and you know your work speaks for itself and I do have a very lengthy list of credits here um so your credits literally stretch very far and very wide um as we've said from choreographing work including events like the Olympics and the FA Cup final and um, various theatre production most recently at the Watermill Theatre and the Dom Mar and jumping to Movement Associate on some incredible plays such as People Places and Things yeah. also performing as well as working as an associate choreographer in high society the old Vic which I seen oh, <laughs> incredible production incredible um, and then of course you do a whole range of TV and film from the great Bohemian Rhapsody, Strictly, Pennyworth, um, to finally producing and being an artistic director. Um, chat to us about your work and your passion to, you know, not pigeonhole yourself. You do so much. You do every single aspect. You know, it. I think it's because in Australia there isn't, well, there are more so now, but when I was there, there wasn't um, schools like Arts Ed and Bird and GSA. There, there wasn't things like that. So we went to high school and then we went to dancing afterwards, every afternoon, evening and all day Saturday. So you kind of, and there's also not that much work um, on the Gold Coast or there wasn't then. So when I moved over here, it was it was really fire, like you had to, I had to fight for it all. And, and, and I had to forge myself in an industry where I didn't know anyone and where I was just willing to do whatever it took to still be a part of the industry. So we were never taught to just be one thing or, you know, it was, it, it always felt very odd to me that it was like your only musical theater or your only an actor or your only, cause it was like, well, no, we've been taught to be all of it. And if it then means that you're going to create your own classes, because I, I just, I just, I just didn't really have a choice when I first moved here. And, you know, um, because no one knew who I was. So I started creating dance classes and different ideas. And um, yeah, and just sort of saying, 
yes to everything because I I love every part of it. And like I said, the choreographing, my, my audition for the um, Olympics had nothing to do with making up anything or doing any steps. The audition was, well, like teach us something. It can be a magic trick, it can be anything. And at the time I was booking burlesque performers for cabarets in London. So I taught the audition panel how to sexy walk and pretend that they're like undressing. So amazing. So I was so that and that got me the job because you know it's sort of it's very much about personality, I think, and um just going in there and giving it your role and just yes, saying yes to things that you know that you're going to be good at or you want to be good at. Um and I understand that there's, you know, it could be like a, a split focus, but I haven't found that. I've just been, I've just been lucky to be recommended for things, and because I'm not strictly musical theatre, so the first musical um, theatre show I did was Sweet Smell of Success, which I absolutely adored. But I was like, you know, I don't want to say it too loud, but I, why, why are you asking me to, to do this? Like, I can't sing. I can't, but you kind of you get into it and if someone trusts you and, and knows that you're going to work hard then hopefully they'll give you a go and then it just goes from there fantastic it's so inspiring I think I don't know what it is but I feel it's such a a British thing to be like oh you can only do the one mm-hmm. you you cannot be a choreographer you if you want to be a dancer that's all you can do you have to give it your all mm-hmm. and I'm just like where has this stigma came from where has it came from and it's you know it's it almost you know unless certainly from my point of view my experience unless you have that personal fight to to go out there and be like actually no I'm going to do this it's it's kind of affecting people's careers into their potential yeah yeah and also because you know I do know a few people that have that have been performers and then they've been associates or assistant choreographers and then they have definitively said now I'm a choreographer you're only making that decision yourself so then when the time comes you might get offered a dream job to be an assistant but because you've put that that wall up and said I'm only choreographing you're turning down incredible experiences meeting incredible people like people places and things it turned out that I was the associate on it and then Polly Bennett who was the choreographer couldn't be there at all for the UK tour so I essentially was it and things had to change cast had to change and she was like just do it so I got to work with Jeremy and I got to work and so that was incredible if I'd have pigeonholed myself and said no I'm not taking that because it means I'm the associate that was one of the most incredible jobs of my career like and I'm so grateful to have been a part of that and to have met the people and done that work if I if if I'd have made that decision to say no because I wasn't a choreographer yeah it I I don't get it either the the pigeon pigeonholing because you're just limiting yourself you really are absolutely I really want to know why it's called pigeonholing like what have pigeons done? Is it is it because um people when people keep pigeons and when they have like carrier pigeons they they literally store them in like these little holes and the pigeons like stay in the little holes? Well, maybe really? in Australia your school books go in pigeon holes. Yeah, we had a pigeon hole at school as well. Yeah, so I didn't know, but I, and they're always 
small sort of boxes. So maybe, yeah, that is yeah, where... Maybe that's it. I need to tell you a really crazy story. So when People, Places and Things came out, it sold out, like everywhere it sold out. So um, me being absolutely men- mental, um, I went to New York to see it. Oh my gosh. And, I'm, I'm, and I probably sound like I have a lot of money. I did not have a lot of money. <laughs> I went no. to New York to see it. Because I was like, I need to see this play. Obviously, I, I seen other stuff when I was there, but I planned this whole trip around going to St. Anne's Warehouse to see people, places and things. Oh, my gosh. That, have you told Polly that story? I've not told Polly that story, oh, but wow. I feel like she'll appreciate it. <laughs> but it's slightly mental, isn't it? But yeah. it was amazing. Like, I mean, absolutely incredible. Definitely worth it. I was lucky enough to not have to go to New York to watch it. And so I got in so much debt, so much yeah. debt, but it was it was worth it. My it mom was totally worth it. Bought us tickets, um, and I remember it's the first time that I've ever. I watched it the whole time like with my mouth open, and then when it got to the end, like the curtain went down, and I burst into tears, and I'd never done that before. Yeah, my mom was like are you okay and the whole tube ride home there's a picture of me and my mom on the tube ride home and my eyes are all puffy because I just stopped crying because it was just one of I still think it's the best play that I've ever seen oh Uh, it's incredible must have been incredible to work on do you know what as well it was the first play that I'd ever seen that had movement in it right yeah yeah yeah. I had to see it ever I I think I saw it maybe a hundred times I never once got sick of it like because you see different things in it all the time and and because the um all the different people that were that were being her um we had maybe I think it was 12 hours to rehearse them because what we wanted to do was audition in every place that it went to and, and, and use local people so it was people from Manchester people from Bristol um and yeah but we were only allowed to have like the day before to rehearse them and it was intricate the getting in out of the bed up through the thing through the walls through the everything so it, it yeah it had to be hot like you come through here you get so it looks so organic and the first time I watched the video Polly was like watch this and then sort of reteach it and I was just like oh yeah okay so they kind of did it and then the more I worked it out it was a map because she had to see this person had to bounce off this person had to cross so it was just yeah, it was mental. It's insane. Bring it back. That's what I say. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think so. Start a petition. Start a petition. <laughs> so um, so as we've just been like chatting about, you obviously have done so much and have a lot of knowledge in so many fields um, across the industry. Uh, how do you keep yourself like well-rounded within those fields? I, well, I, I like doing, I still do a lot of teaching and I still like to do a lot of learning. I think that you can fall, especially on film, you can fall into that. We're here for 13 hours um, and I'm just going to do this. But I just like watch the cameraman and then go, I'm, I'm that sort of that pain, painful person that's going, what are you doing there? why did you just press that button so I'm kind of like always wanting to know and like in tech I always try to sit next to the lighting designer because lighting just is like it blows my mind I just think it's so it's so incredible so I always want to kind of learn that and just keeping it fresh and authentic and just kind of just being me not trying to trying to copy um, of course, I'm inspired by lots of people, um, but yeah, I just stay true 
to myself and you, you can get caught in sort of watching if you're doing a remake or something then you, you you could watch other people's work and it is nice to sort of maybe watch it and appreciate it but I prefer to kind of have my own stamp on it and mess things up a little bit so if it's meant to be 80s style then you know I'll, I'll put that but I'll put a little bit of a flair on it I always like to just mess it up so just having done Freaky Friday at Arts Ed it's supposed to be really sort of poppy and 80s but then I wanted to put some edge on it and some boy band stuff so I just sort of draw from all my experiences I guess yeah fantastic I love it amazing so let's get on to some mental health now um what is your experience with mental health that can be personal or your views on what you've seen throughout your time in the industry um I have suffered with sort of anxiety um and and that worry I started off performing and then I actually gave it up for a while because my nerves and anxiety used to used to be so bad that I would make mistakes on stage so rather than the anxiety and adrenaline and I think that's something that because at the, at the moment I'm um, doing a course in understanding anxiety and depression and it, it's been so helpful and so so great to understand a little bit more and that the anxiety and adrenaline and how they're so closely linked but they can kind of the adrenaline that you experience can throw you off and then it can spiral into anxiety which is what happened to me um and then I came back and I was like no 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 I can get this in the power of my thoughts and um yeah so I worked on being able to deal with my anxiety and use it in a positive um and having worked in a lot of drama schools I've also witnessed the mental health um when when they don't get, when people don't get auditions, um, how to deal with that and what to do. Um, so that's most part of the reason why I did, I'm doing the course because I, I want to be able to help people to come up out of that anxiety hole if they don't get an audition and stay positive because it, it's, it's awful to just keep on being told no and no. And also I think because I've got the, the knowledge of being on the other side and I don't think people are told enough that in an audition sometimes it's just because you're the wrong height or because you know it's it's, it's being able to explain that kind of thing and being able to say there's so many different components when when auditioning for something and not getting the part so just keep on going try and stay positive but also have something else that you can get excited about which might also be why I've done lots and lots of things because I I don't want to just be auditioning for one thing and not getting it want to do something else because we're all good at so many things we don't have to just focus on one thing that then we get told we're not good at so then you're like hang on that was the thing I'm good at if I'm not good at it then you know so that kind of thing spirals so I think it's important to keep fresh and keep positive um and keep discovering new things that you're good at and that you love absolutely I, I think it's amazing what you said there about doing the course because you want to understand about but help people as well and I think there is an amazing organization which we love called the pause for thought and their thing is um education, education equals prevention and 
what they're trying to do just now is they're offering really cheap mental health, you know, awareness and first aid uh, training courses. Um, and they're desperately trying to get into, you know, the creatives and the company managers because then they can, you know, it's kind of like a, a downwards pyramid. They can help everyone. But, you know, I think she's been hit with a lot of resistance for a while. Why do you think that, you know, people... Not saying it's everyone, but why do you think, you know, people like the choreographers and et cetera don't want to do what you're doing? Because I think I, I do think it is rare that we get someone like you who wants to go out and get the education to help other people. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I'm not I'm not really sure. I mean, I I st- I started studying psychology and then went, no, no, the dancing thing's way more fun. So, but then, then when I was um, teaching, I realized how helpful understanding people's feelings and emotions and how different people react, how important that is with teaching. Teaching and choreographing, for me, it is so important to have this base um, on, on understanding, you know, like the most basic example, if you're doing something across the room and one person is doing high kicks and you go, great, 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 great. And they love it. And it makes them go, yeah, I'm going to kick even higher. But the next person you comment on them and you say, your kicks are great, but they don't want to be pointed out and they don't want to be drawn any attention. So they'll kick their legs lower because if they kick their legs lower, then maybe miss won't point me out and I won't be so that's just two different people so you have to know that and the most important thing to me is just getting the best out of someone and I need to learn how different people work so that I know how to get the best out of you because what I'm going to say to you is not going to be the same to this person because everyone's mind works differently and the the most exciting thing that happens on stage is when you know everyone's on stage giving it their all and loving every moment of being on stage and that's I think our job to create that from the first day of rehearsal I mean from the audition I think from the minute they walk into the audition you want the people that are auditioning to be like oh I want to be in the show because the creative team seem really nice and really genuine so I, I, the, the more that you learn about people's personalities, the more beneficial it is because it's not just about people change, you know. It's Yeah, definitely. And I think that the fact that you work in, um, in drama schools um, a lot is also, it's, it's also really important because it's good to get that kind of vibe from um, the creatives that you're working with on your third year shows because it's completely different from when you actually go into the industry because the group of people that you're working with have all been uh, training together for the last two years and they all have an, a bit of an end goal. So it, it and it, it becomes very much like, oh, I'm like not saying from experience, but like, oh, if I'm in this number and this number, I'll be seen by this agent and this agent and why am I not in that number? And I think that it's so important that, they not that they forget kind of like what because obviously like third year shows are for for gaining like representation and for being seen but it's so important that they get that kind of really positive rehearsal like rehearsal etiquette and rehearsal uh, and like throughout the process um yeah yeah one of the things we're really passionate about at tax for actors is education education about tax about self-employment about finance 
I've seen firsthand how a lack of education regarding tax and finance can have a detrimental impact on someone's career, but also on their mental health. The stress of managing money, the stress of where that next paycheck is going to come from really can't be underestimated. And I guess that's one of the driving forces behind Tax Fractors. Yes, we want to help you with your self-assessment. Yes, we want to act as your accountant. But more importantly, we want to be part of your support network as you navigate through the various stages of your career, whether that's the ups or whether that's the downs. We want to be there by your side, offering our support and our advice. So if we can help you out, our contact details can be found in the show notes, or you can drop us an email on owen at taxforactors.com. Enough of me talking. Enjoy the rest of the show. So as we've been chatting about, you have so much experience in the industry over the last few years, but what has your experiences been like as a female artist in the industry? Um, well, it's been, it's been great. I'm, I, I think, I think it's getting even better now. Um, more and more female choreographers, more and more female creative teams. Um, recently I've been lucky to work with so many creatives. Um, Sinead, who was the lighting designer on Teenage Dick, it was just great and really exciting to work with a female lighting designer. Um, and, you know, there is, there is a, a touch of the boys club that you kind of do feel or I have I have felt in the past um but never to a point where it's been it's been it's been an upsetting experience but um I do know people that have had those sort of experiences because you know we strong girls and strong creative girls knowing what they want and you know, again, I could get in trouble, but we sort of say what we want. We want it done and this is how it's done. And, it, you know, and it happens and it happens fast and it happens maybe a bit more emotionally so that we've got more, I, I don't know, there's more explanation and there's more, I, I, I may be better at getting the best out of people. So I think having more female creatives is just, is, is fantastic. And yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So do you feel, obviously times have changed a lot um, mm. over the last couple of years. Do you feel like just now it is, you know, for female artists, it's a very supportive, respected industry? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I certainly have felt that way. Very, very supported, very respected, especially in film and TV, I think. In working with directors on Pennyworth, they've all been really supportive and really that we've got these sort of ideas but you you talk to me like my my first meeting with the director for Pennyworth um I was just showing him pictures and he was like yes yes you're in my mind you do it do it there there just seems to be more trust and more like yeah you you've got this you know you know this there's maybe less competition I, I don't know there's still a little bit of not wanting to give over all of the, yep, you came up with that. But I don't know if that's necessarily a male and female thing. I think, you know, giving over that sort of, this is yours, you create it, is is still a little bit of a tricky one in the creative industry. But, um, mm. yeah, but I certainly feel very supported. Amazing. That's so great to hear. We ask this question to, like, mo most of our cre female creatives. It's good to know that, you know, things have changed because it wasn't like that. 
yeah. a couple of years ago. Like even when I think back to again drama school, like we had hardly any female choreographers and stuff coming in. It was all male. It's yeah. interesting. Yeah, Kathy's yeah. thinking. I'm, I'm just thinking. Our, our out of the four third year shows, we had one female choreographer, um, oh, wow. and one female director, I think, and I don't think we had a female musical director I think so I think out of the 12 creatives that did the whole four shows there was two girls I think but that is definitely changing I think that was unusual for our year right it'd be great to see I think more female directors as well because that's still yeah I mean female directors are insane they're amazing (laughs) I mean I was I was really lucky to work with an almost like exclusively female team on Little Women, which was great for obviously the subject matter, but it was really, it was really different and it was really refreshing. Mm. Um, and there was so many girls, so much so that the vast majority of us turned up to, uh, I think it was gala night or press night wearing pretty much the exact same thing <laughs> because there was just so many of us. It was, yeah, it was, it was really great. And it, it brings a different energy. I think it's great to get. Yeah. It does because I work with um, Abby Picard-Price um, and she, yeah, it's just a different energy. Hard to explain, but with a female director, that just does seem the collaboration just feels a little bit different. There seems to be a little. I mean, it's always a gift if your team you all read each other's minds. It's not a given, you know. But when you're finishing each other's sentences and going, oh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I think I think females tend to do that and and you know we really want to go you're great no you're great sort of and because because you need that in the room you need to feel empowered and confident and because that's when your best stuff comes out because if you're feeling comfortable and inspired in the room that's when magic happens when when it's you know of course it's great and I prepare within an inch of my life like every step is written down but when you get that moment where you're like I'm going to put the book down or I'm going to just see how that feels. You have to feel empowered and confident in the room to have that ability to do that. And I've experienced that so often working with Abby because she just is like, yeah, go, go. Let me watch this magic happen sort of thing. So, yeah. I love it. Amazing. Amazing. So how do you stay on top of your creativity with so much going on? Do you know, running and walking, being outside. Um, so often I'll book a dance studio to create and I'll sit in second in the dance studio going, come on, something. <laughs> but then I'll be running or swimming or so- doing something outside and moving and I'll hear a song. I, I've got, there's certain songs that I can put on that will just start to get everything going and start even if it's got nothing to do with what I'm working on um so yeah being outside keeping on moving and just constantly listening to music kind of gets me inspired and keeps me creative um and I'm lucky to have a dance class that I teach on a Sunday (laughs) which I've been to and it's amazing (laughs) um that so that keeps me fresh I think teaching and and having to come up with things every week and listening to new music and just getting new ideas just keeps me keeps me fresh yeah but I also I, I and and doing other people's classes like I wish that I could um yeah I wish I could 
get to more classes because I, I love being in the room and watching other people. And, so, you know, sometimes just not not being in charge, being told what to do every now and again is really, is really, really nice. So, yeah, I try to get to as many classes and, and watch as much as I can. But, yeah, for me, it's just being outside and listening to music and just coming up with different shapes and, yeah. Amazing. Space on my phone from just recording ideas. How, how long does it take you to prepare for a project then? Uh, well, it it depends. So the, the Freaky Friday was really long. There was twenty two musical numbers in that. So yeah, which is really intimidating at first. So I just had to sort of break them down into and and I kind of plan it in quite a clinical kind of a way so it's sort of like this is a big number it's over this amount counts this is a big number small numbers um and then just listen to the music over and over and just write lots of things down so whatever I if I'm listening to the music close my eyes have a think about it and, and that if there's a thought okay I want that to be fast then I want that to be slow I'll just write all of that down um so it yeah it can take weeks of preparation and if you don't that's why it's really important for me to always be a, a big part of the casting because you you want to you want to feel comfortable with the cast and you want to know remember how they were in the audition because they're going to do this and they're going to be willing to try things willing to be quite giving in the room rather than like was that count seven or you know that sort of attitude thing which is another thing that I'm that I'm really big on trying to explain to to students when I'm at drama schools is that how they are in the audition will reflect how they are in the room and a lot of creatives that's more important you know how that that rehearsal period is going to go and like what I was saying before bringing the best out of each other we all in the room need to trust and go for it and be kind in the room because you know that's where the creativity happens so it yeah it sort of depends it's a sometimes as well I'll have prepped something and then on the way to the rehearsal I'll change it all so, <laughs> so it's, I love it yeah I it, love it. And it and it just depends on the music you know that I've just done something for Arts Ed Online um just an audition piece for a, a true sort of what a true jazz audition might be. It was just six counts of eight. And I chose um, George Benson on Broadway. And I think I choreographed it in about three minutes because I was like, ah, yes. <laughs> and then I'll do this. Yes, yeah, done. <laughs> no, if you love I love it. And it just comes out of you like, great, done. <laughs> Amazing. I love it. I love it. I'd also love to see that as well. Is it just you? Like, <laughs> yeah. Just me absolutely going for it and then going, I want to be in this on it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so got a few more questions for you uh, before we finish. And you can go and get some sun. It's a beautiful day. Um, but chat to us about the world of cabaret and burlesque. Um, you're the producer of a cabaret and burlesque club. Um, yeah, chat to us about this wonderful outlet that I know you're so passionate about. So it was um, another one of those, oh, I'm in between jobs. And I went to Proud Cabaret in Camden to watch a burlesque show with my friend. And um, and I've got a thing with feet, neat 
feet and how you know everything should be precise from fingers to toes and this burlesque performer was sensational she was fantastic and she was up on the bar and she was taking her stockings off but her feet were kind of kind of not right so I started talking to the gentleman next to me and I was like oh I wish that I don't know why I was telling him. You know, and I was like, I, you know, she should be, her feet should be here and then that would be better and it would make the line look perfect. And and he was like, okay, what would you know? And I was like, oh, well, no, I'm a dancer. And and he was like, do you want a job? And I went, actually, yeah. <laughs> and it turned out that it was Alex Proud, as in Proud Cabaret. <gasps> Proud. Fuck off. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. um, and so he was like, can you... um." can you come in on Monday? And I went, well, actually, no. And I was flying to Mexico the next day because I just got back from Russia. And I went, well, if the job's still available when I get back, great. So I um, came back, interviewed for the job and became the producer and booker for all Proud Cabarets. So there's four in London and one in Brighton. And I did that for five years um but it was also a really good job because he let me go off and do other projects and it was something that I could do remotely as well so as long as I could go and watch one of the shows once a week but book it all remotely it was it was fine um and then I just sort of thought I've got a bit of a background in um catering as well because my mum is a restaurateur so I was sort of like you know this cabaret thing isn't mixing and the food and the drink isn't as good as the performance and I think that you should walk in and this should be an experience where from the minute you walk in you have a, it's escapism and your cocktails are fantastic and the music's fantastic and everything's great and you don't really know why but it's because every single bit of it is great so I went I'm going to start my own so I <laughs> went searching um, for a venue and um, we found a distillery in Hackney and um yeah, started rumor mills. So we curated all of the drinks, tasted all the wines, auditioned all the bartenders, made sure that when they were shaking, you know, that everything had a little bit of a flair. Um, performers coming out onto the bars just randomly, fan dancing, and and choreographed opening numbers. So burlesque traditionally is just single acts coming on, and then cabaret will incorporate you know, like aerial artists or hula hoopers. So I was like, yeah, but I want I want the performers to do an opening number. So the audience go, oh my gosh, wow, wow, wow. And then they come out and show their individual skills and then they do a big closing number. So it was lots of sort of casting and auditioning for burlesque performers that also were able to pick up simple but really effective choreography. And um, yeah, it's been, been, really really successful we did our last show at the turbine theater um which which was a, another kind of version because when it was at the distillery uh it was very um edgy and hackney and very that kind of thing but then when it was at the turbine we were able to use the set so one of the performers span around in the set that was a dr zeus set but we used it to our advantage and she came <laughs> perfect span around and it was just it was great so and we've been able to do it at quite a few different venues so it's been nice to know that it's a show that can can fit anywhere and um again it's one of those things that's come from my brain and I watch it and go yay (laughs) (laughs) no it's absolutely amazing it's it's fantastic great I I love I love burlesque and cabaret I think it's gorgeous yeah it's stunning 
and, and it's, it's it, a lot of dancers um, that that I, I a lot of the performers sorry that I use are dancers and they've they've not pigeonholed themselves they've just sort of gone actually I'm going to do this and I, I'm going to it, it is a natural step I think um, because yeah it, it's another career path to go alongside with or uh, instead of you know and traveling around exactly. the world and yeah it, it's it's beautiful it's a beautiful beautiful art form and um so so I love it and I love I love helping them create that sort of thing as well um and bringing boylesque to the foreground as well getting more male performers to do boylesque and um because one of our performers, um, Gianni, he's a commercial dancer. And he was like, well, I don't want to be a soloist. So I'm like, but when do we ever get to see a, a, an incredibly highly skilled commercial dancer on their own and, and just like absolutely sort of going for it in amongst a show because usually it's not like that. So uh, that, that's exciting for me in looking at creating an all-male sort of burlesque review review yeah yeah absolutely I think it's something that um it's become so popular as well in the most kind of recent years as well and you know I know that we had the burlesque film come out and then we had Magic Mike and it's kind of like exactly that you know you you don't just have to be a dancer in a musical or in Swan Lake there's so many options and they're all just as valid as each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. We've um, for the Proud Boys show that we did, um, it, it was a really it was a really good opportunity for boys that were auditioning or in between jobs to come in and do it as well. And they absolutely loved it, dancing to Bon Jovi and pouring water all over their head, but still <laughs> doing all that choreography. And it, when casting it, I was like, okay. First of all, before anything else, I have to tell, let you know that you are going to have to unbutton your shirt and pour a bottle of Jim Beam over your head, but it'll be water, not Jim Beam. Are you going to be okay with that? Yeah. And then first show, it's like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> so it's that freedom and that expression. And, yeah, it's, it's I, I think that they, yeah, they can merge into each other rather than it being, oh, no, I'm not doing cabaret. Because, you know, of course, there's, there's really great cabaret so yeah exactly yeah. amazing I'll need to come when the world's yes. up and running again yes definitely. can't wait so Clara our last question which we always ask everybody could you walk into a room today and say I'm having a bad mental health day yeah yeah I think, um I think it's really important to be able to say that and I think the more we talk about it the more accepted it's going to be and you know it is that invisible illness you know it, it, you 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 can't see it but you it, it happens and we have to we have to try and make it more visible by speaking about it and um and having a I'm having a, a, a me day I'm having a day that I need to look look after myself and take care of myself um a bad mental health day yeah I I would feel comfortable to say that and I would hope that I would create an environment in which someone would feel comfortable to say that to me as well yeah. amazing fantastic you queen <laughs> you are 
thank, thank you. you so much. No, thank you. Thank you so much. We, we can't let you go yet, though, because we've got to play one more game. Okay. <laughs> so this is called Finish the Sentence. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Today I woke up and thought... I'm really excited about being on Industry Minds. <laughs> if I could have a superpower, it would be... To be invisible. Absolutely. My dead or alive party guest is... Oh, Lady Gaga just was the first thing that popped into my head. But I mean, yeah. 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 Why or not? Victoria Beckham. Or Victoria Beckham, you said. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Um, my ideal holiday destination would be? Mexico. Pineapple on a pizza is? Great. Pineapple on a hamburger. Very Australian, but really good. Mm. Amazing. I'm not yeah. sure how I feel about that, but <laughs> <laughs> um, the one item that's always in my bag is lipstick. A book I'd recommend to everyone is Tully or A Million Little Pieces. Very quick there. And finally, mental health to me is very important and um, something we need to speak more about. 100%. Clara, thank you so, so much for joining us. It's been such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Industry Minds. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can reach us on our email, which is info at industryminds.co.uk. For all counselling inquiries, please email mary at industryminds.co.uk. You can find us on social media. Our Twitter and Instagram handles are at industrymindsuk. There you can keep up to date with all our latest announcements. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week.